Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay. Thank you. Just an illustration, yeah? It's exactly the same, but brought up to date. Now, David and Goliath, courage. Something we hear about every day. We can read stories in society. We can see it on the news. We can read loads of stories in the Bible of courage. So where do we actually fit in? Well, do you know, Goliath was nine foot tall, according to the Bible. His armor weighed 150 pounds. And the head of his spear weighed 20 pounds. So, you know, it was some guy. Now, who can remember in Sunday school, we used to sing a, a, a chorus called Only a Boy Named David. Yeah? Many moons ago. Well, let's try and think about this a little bit. And it's a little bit of a different slant this morning from what we've probably always heard. Only a boy named David. Yeah, he was a boy, but he was a youth. And as we know today, some youths can be quite big and large. Well, he couldn't have been that small, because the fact is that King Saul was always described in the Bible as head and shoulders above the people, which must have meant that King Saul himself was quite a big, tall guy. And so David was a youth, but he must have been a bigger than normal youth, surely. Because if somebody came to me, and I had my armour, and they were so small, this is King Saul, who's quite a wise guy. If the armour was too big, why would, he be off- why would he offer it to a little boy? Because he's clever enough to know that if the armour was on him, he wouldn't be able to do anything. But David stated this, the armour was no good... Because he'd not tested it. It says in the Bible, he'd not tested it. In other words, he'd not used it. Now, it's a bit like that sportsman when you buy new things. If you're buying a new, I don't know, javelin, you wouldn't go straight to a competition without testing it before you used it. Silly footballers, before they wear the football boots, even when you get to my age, before you play a game, you try them on. Yes, sadly, you go out in the back garden on the grass just to see what they're like. And then you say, oh, chuck us a ball. And so you start juggling with a ball. But that's what you do, you test it. So in effect, what David was saying was, I've not tested this armour. I'm not used to this armour. And it was heavy. And like any army, it's restrictive. It would have weighed him down. It would have been a hindrance. And then we come to David's sling. Now, David's sling... We, we kind of think today or imagine it that it's, it's just like a catapult. And when we were young, I mean, I think they're illegal now, but when we were young, most kids had a catapult. But this was not a catapult. This was a lethal weapon, you know. It used it to look after the sheep. And the Assyrian armies, the Egyptian armies, the Babylonian armies, they used slings as a weapon. And, you know, the, the sling that was used by David could fire stones of up to one pound in weight at 90 miles an hour. Can you imagine that? 90 miles an hour. So, you know, 
although he was not as big as Goliath, obviously, they were some of the factors around this story. Now, David was the son of Jesse, a farmer from Bethlehem. He had eight brothers. Samuel the prophet anointed David. His brothers became jealous. David could play the harp. David became a popular king. David bought the ark to Jerusalem. David had an affair with Bathsheba. He had her husband killed by sending him to the front line. Bathsheba became pregnant. The child died. David was a writer. He wrote the Psalms. He was a poet. And although David made mistakes and did wrong, he never failed to repent. Now, I'm not giving you a license to go out and do wrong, but what I'm saying is he was sincere. He never failed to repent and ask God to forgive him. And the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. So what is courage? Well, courage is an attitude of facing and dealing with anything recognized as dangerous, difficult, painful, instead of withdrawing from it. Standing when everyone else wants to run. Speaking when everyone else is afraid to speak. Acting when everyone else is paralyzed by fear. So it's taking action in the face of danger. It's holding one's character and moral uprightness when everyone else is tempted to compromise theirs. And there are times when we feel like we want to compromise what we believe. But this is about not doing that. This is about having courage. We watch the story. It's a shame the sound wasn't there, but it doesn't matter. David, Goliath, nobody wants to fight the giant. David comes along. I will fight him. Slays him. Everybody's happy. The Philistines no longer rule. And King Saul is back in control of the land. We know the story. Even, people, even those of us who perhaps have not attended church or have not been to church for a long time, it's a story that, that we pick up from school, the David-Goliath. We hear it described in sports commentaries. It's a David-Goliath boxing match. It's a David-Goliath football match, whatever. And you think, well, how does that apply to today? Well, I was driving to work the other day, and I had the radio on, and I was thinking about courage, thinking about David, and it suddenly came on the radio about... a a Christian leader, a pastor in, in uh, one of the third world countries. And his church was growing. And people were starting to stand up for their own rights. Because they were going to church, he was teaching them, you know, you're valuable, you're important, uh, you're allowed to make decisions, you can believe things, you can do things. And he heard that a hit squad had been hired to assassinate him. And he did a bit more digging, and it turns out that the local government officials of that particular little town had hired uh, some guerrilla hitmen to kill the pastor. Now, the guerrillas were a little bit took aback by this, so they sought the pastor out and uh, kind of said, well, why do these guys want to kill you? Why do they want you dead? So he explained that his church was growing, and uh, that was probably the reason why. He chatted to the guerrillas, and the upshot is... The guerrillas then said to him, after speaking to him, would you like us to assassinate the local government chiefs? And the pastor was then able to show even more courage, I suppose, and said, no, I don't want anybody killing. You know, we're all in this together. And the guerrillas went away. He never got assassinated. And that's just happened this last week. 
You know, it's real. Now, for me, that's courage at its best. Because even though now he knows that government officials are totally against him, we're going to have him assassinated. I don't think ever, anybody's ever threatened to assassinate me. It's, that is courage. And that is courage at its best. And we need to understand something, though. And it's this. We're all afraid of something at some time or other. Every single one of us is afraid of something. Now, one of my, I'm, I'm probably not as scared now, but one of my fears as a kid was rats. I don't like rats. I know they can't particularly hurt me, but I just don't like rats. So I suppose I've probably got a little bit of a fear of rats. But we all have a fear of something. But courage is being able to overcome our feelings. It's being able to overcome our fear. And it's about being able to step out and do what we know is right. Because we know what's right. The problem is sometimes doing it. We know what we should do, but we don't always do it. Or we take a step back because we're unsure. Or we take a step back and we expect somebody else to do it. And there's a danger that when we do that, that fear will cause us to shrink from responding. So we don't take responsibility. It, it can cause us to shrink from the gospel. It can cause us to shrink from sharing, from speaking out, from telling others, from sharing our beliefs, sharing our morals, sharing what we think, even if it goes against the grain of other people. There's a nice way we can tell people things and talk to people about. Big debates that people talk about. It's how we do it. It's all about approach and how we speak and how we deal with things. I wonder, when have you been brave? Just have a little think. When have you been brave? Can you remember? Have you ever been brave? Brave people sometimes in reality lose the fight. But personally, I believe it's the principle of being courageous. It's the principle of being brave. It's about the bigger picture. Because we'll have heard this phrase, you can lose a battle, but still win the war. So for me, it's the principle. You can win a battle, you can lose a battle, sorry, but still win the war. So where does courage come from? Where does real courage come from? Well, let's look at David. What was the source of David's courage? The source of his courage was his faith, his trust in God, he believed in God's promises, and he believed them, and he owned them. He believed them, but he owned them as well. I wonder, do we own the promises of God? I would say sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Do we believe in them? Again, it's a church, we're being honest. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Do we act on them? Again, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. The other men couldn't face Goliath because of this reason. They lacked faith. You say, well, how do you know they lacked faith? They lacked faith because they knew God. They knew who God was. They knew about God's power. They had witnessed, many of them would have witnessed God's miracles. And yet, they did nothing. They will have seen miraculous things happen, but they did nothing. And we can be just like that sometimes. We know all about God. 
We know everything. We know all the ins and outs. God will have done things in our lives that were great and fantastic and unbelievable. So if you like, miracles in our lives. God has worked miracles in our lives. And yet, we forget. We can just be like that. We can lack faith. And David's deep confidence was in God, his promises, his power to fulfill them. In other words, he was God-confident. He wasn't cocky. He wasn't arrogant. He was God-confident. He relied on God. He didn't rely on his friends. He didn't rely on people. Dare I even say it? He didn't rely on the church. He relied on God. So he was God-confident. There's times when we don't act and perhaps we need to act and that's every single one of us. And what's the source of your courage? Courage is produced by faith. We all experience fear as David did. We, we can read the Psalms. And it's okay to get angry. We might get angry sometimes because we're fearful, because we want to do something. We want to make a breakthrough. We want to move forward. We want to grow bigger in our faith. And we kind of get a bit angry because we can't do that. And sometimes we simply can't do that because there's a few giants <clears throat> that we need to slay. And those giants are in our own little world. Nothing to do with anybody else. Nothing to point the finger. <clears throat> the only way the finger points is at us. <clears throat> the things that we need to slay in our lives, the giants. It says in Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says this, Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but, love, but to love our human enemies, to take every thought captive and to obey Christ. Our Goliaths are our indwelling sin. In effect, our indwelling Goliaths are the things that we do wrong, the things that I do wrong, the things that you do wrong, where we mess up sometimes, the things that are unseen, thoughts, words, gossip. Never underestimate the enemy. Again, Ephesians 6, verse 11, 12, put on the whole armor of God for protection. The shield of faith, the sword of truth. It's not a stroll. It's not a walk in the park. It's a battle. And there's sometimes, let's be honest, when it can be a hard slog. Sports. You underestimate a team. You underestimate an opponent and you lose. You're defeated. You're stunned. You're gobsmacked. How did that happen? What went wrong? All that went wrong was you lost your focus. It's the same in our walk with God. All that goes wrong sometimes is we simply lose our focus. This morning, what are our Goliaths? What are my Goliaths? Swearing, gossip, lustful thoughts, pornography, a foot in both camps, idolatry. Only I know. Only you know. I wonder if just for 30 seconds, think on the things, the Goliaths in your life.
in God's presence. It's quite uncomfortable, isn't it? I found it quite uncomfortable when I was thinking about this. This story clearly shows us that we need to slay the giants that hold us back, both as individuals, but also as a church. David was able to stand against them. He was able to stand against this giant. The Spirit of God was in him. Do we have the Spirit of God in us? Past experiences, he remembered those. Can we remember them, or are they forgotten? Or do we take things for granted? The Word of God, do we read it? Courage is anchored in the Word of God. A vision of something big. Do we have a vision? Do we have a big vision? A heart of faith. Do we believe? David was willing to believe. And not only willing to believe, he was willing to obey. Do we have the courage to do what's right? Do we have the courage to make the right choices? Do we have the courage to speak up, to stand up, to stand alone, to change, to help, to listen? Do we have courage to reach the poor, the marginalized people, the people that we are afraid to reach? Do we have the courage to reach those? Do we have courage to reach the ones that no one else will get involved with, even when it means we criticize sometimes? Will we still have the courage to reach out? Well, here's good news. We're in good company. Because guess what? Every time Jesus did something good, he got criticized. Every single time. He got criticized. So we're in good company. Okay? Every time. So let's be courageous. Let's be brave. Speak when we would rather say nothing. Help when we would rather someone else do it. Go when we would rather somebody else go. Do when no one else will do. The enemy was strong, we saw it on the video, and had great strength, but guess what? It did not prevail, and it did not win. The giants we face are intimidating to our flesh, so we need to face them. But again, here's the good news. No Goliath is bigger than God. No Goliath is bigger than God. Than God. Even when we get scared sometimes, I heard Jay Jones, Jay Jones say this once, even when you get a quiver in the liver, <laughs> even when you get a quiver in the liver, don't be afraid, don't be scared. When you feel that quiver in the liver, be courageous, be bold, and reach out to God and rely on Him and be brave. The thing that does sometimes hold us back, remember earlier we talked about David, he couldn't put Saul's armor on, he'd not tested it. The problem is with us sometimes is what holds us up and holds us back sometimes is that we put man's armor on. And when we put man's armor on, it can restrict us. It can hold us back. You say, well, what does he mean by man's armor? Well, things like what people think, criticisms, expectations. That's not the way things should be done. That's man's armor. And if we start to put that on, we will be restricted and we'll not be able to do the things that God is wanting us to do. We need to put on the armor of God. 
in order to move forward. So will we, will we stand? Will we run? Will we hide? Even in the thickest of fight, even as some boxers sometimes, yeah, you've got to slug it out. It's okay being skillful, but there's always a time in a fight where they stand toe-to-toe and they're slugging it out. You get into the last few rounds and I'm behind on points. I need to go for this. I need to go for this. So what do they do? They stand toe-to-toe. Are we prepared, even when we have to go toe-to-toe sometimes, to slug it out and be courageous? David showed us faith in God, confidence in God, confidence in his promises. God never says, can you? And he never says that because he knows what you can and can't do. God always says, will you? Not can you, will you? Are we this morning people like David after God's own heart? Now, before we, we, we close and sing together, I'd, I'd just like us all to pray, yeah? And if you, if you want to stay sat down, that's cool. If you want to stand up, that's fine as well. But what do you need courage for today? That's my final question. What do you need courage for today? Do you need it for a situation? Do you need it for an illness? Do you need it for a decision? Or do you need it for something else? So what I want us to do is, is just, just pray. So if we, you know, you can stand up, sit down, whatever. If we just close our eyes and we'll pray for that now. Father, we thank you for your example to us. And we thank you for the stories that you show us about people who are brave and courageous for you, both in the Bible, but both in today's society. And Father, we just pray for us all here as individuals, as, a, as your people that have come together this morning. Whatever our situation we pray that you will come and meet our need. And the things that we need courage for today, if it's an illness, then we claim your promises. If it's a situation, we claim your promises. If it's a decision, we claim your promises. And we pray, Father, that you will make us brave and courageous to to fulfill whatever you want us to fulfill. And we just thank you for this day. And we thank you for each other. And we thank you that all you ever want is the best for us. And so we thank you for that. And just bless us now as we continue with worship and then as we share together in conversation. We pray these things in your name and we pray these things because we love you, Father. Amen. Amen. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.